1: <laughs> Mike Bloomberg is the only Democratic presidential candidate who understands that wealth creation and the current racial wealth gap is linked to past racism and has a plan to address the impact on black America.
0: The crimes against black Americans still echo across the centuries and no single law can wipe out that slate clean. The time has come, I think, to fully commit ourselves to acknowledging our history and righting our country's wrongs. And that's exactly what I will do as president.
1: It's called the Greenwood Initiative.
0: One. We will help a million more black families buy a house. Two, we will double the number of black-owned businesses. Three, we will help black families triple their wealth over the next 10 years to an all-time high.
1: Mike will get it done. Visit MikeForBlackAmerica.com to learn more.
0: There are concrete proposals that we can afford and that we can get done, and we will. I'm Mike Bloomberg, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020.
1: Come on, son, son. Welcome to another episode of Come On, Son, the podcast. And boy, do I have a treat for y'all. So I'm just going to get my tall, lanky, black butt out the way because Michael Rappaport is in the studio with me. Enjoy. Come on, son, son. Live from the 104.3 Jam Studio, I bring you Come On, Son, the podcast. I have my in-studio guest, a longtime friend of mine, hip-hop lover, political pundit, actor, comedian, and fellow podcaster like me, Mr. Michael Rappaport. Rap, what up, boy? And lover, my brother. What's up, boy? Glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me. me, Oh, man, yeah. it's my pleasure. You're at the Vic Theater um, on Saturday night. Doing stand-up. When did you get into stand-up, bro? Well, you know, I started as a stand-up when I was
0: 19. That was like the first thing I started doing as a, you know, a performer. And then I uh, started acting, uh, fell in love with that, kind of went away from stand-up. But I started stand-up, uh, started doing stand-up uh, about a year and a half ago, and I've been back on tour. It's my first time performing in Chicago, Uh, Obviously, I I love the city, uh, the history of of comedy from Chicago, and just the people and the personalities uh, uh, out here, so I'm excited to rock the Vic uh, Saturday night, one show, uh, uh, one night. Vic Theater, so come out and check it out. It's going to be a good show. Will you do an hour, hour and a half? Yeah, about you an say? hour, hour and some change. Yeah, because yeah. once
1: you get into the groove, you know, I do stand-up also. Once you get into the groove of it, you just go. It just, yeah. it, they Sometimes they got to wrap it up for yeah. you because you don't, you just keep going, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it, love it. I is love that it. like therapy for you? It is like
0: therapy. It is like therapy. You know, the, the more personal uh, my act gets and the more totally uh, truthful it gets – Uh, uh, it it becomes more therapeutic. You know, um, anybody could talk about topical stuff, but for me, like, when I'm really making it as personal as possible, uh, it's when I feel like it's therapeutic.
1: And that's when it connects with the audience in a major way. Tell me about young Michael Rappaport. First of all, is it Michael Rappaport or is a middle name in there? Well, Michael David Rappaport. Michael but, David Rappaport. But Michael David Yeah. Anybody call you David? Anybody? No. Your my mom? father's name is David Rappaport. Okay.
0: So, so, so uh, for some reason, people if they don't know my name, they'd be like David Rappaport. I'm like, you know, my father, and they'll just no. Yeah, And I'm like, so, but Michael Rappaport. <laughs> yeah, Michael Rappaport. White Mike, whatever you want to call me. White Mike, is that what they called you? That's what up? they called me growing up in New York. Because you know, Mike is such a uh, 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 such of a you know uh, it's a familiar name. There's so many Mike. So when I was hanging out. In the, in the hoods, in the streets, there was Fat Mike, there was Black Mike, there was Ugly Mike, there was Puerto Rican Mike, there That's was right. Skinny Mike, there was Dusty Mike, yeah. and there was White Mike. And so, was,
1: were you the only white guy around all the uh, Puerto Rican and Black friends?
0: In the, Yeah, yeah. You know, when I started hanging out in Brooklyn, in Brownsville, and in Harlem, especially in the 80s. Right. That's what it was. Where are you from originally? Where'd I'm from, from Manhattan, from the East Side of Manhattan. Okay, and but from Basque, lower East Side, upper east, east Upper
1: East Side, East East, all the way East, like Up by there, the river. With a good, with a what 92nd and York, 70, 70, 77th. Yeah, okay, but yeah. by the river, like East End. <laughs> you from straight white boy land? Uh, straight. How straight. the hell
0: did you start hanging out in Brooklyn you know and Harlem? From from basketball okay. and from hip hop. So you know, I, I fell in love with hip hop. Uh, my father, I don't know if you know this, my father. Was the general manager in New York City of WKTU Disco ninety two? No way! Well, Carlos Day, had Susan and Paco all and Roscoe. and Paco. Oh wow! So, I used to listen to that yeah, station religiously. So that, was, that was, you know, they went from mellow rock to disco in seventy nine, and in seventy nine, uh, uh, he brought home a promotional copy of a record. He said, "This is called Rapper's Delight. It's by this group called the Sugar Hill Gang. It's going to be a big deal." Right, And that was it. And I had already been like just a basketball player. I loved basketball. I was nine years old. But, you know, from from being pretty good at basketball, that took me to different neighborhoods. And you meet friends and like, yo, I'm from Brooklyn. You're not thinking, oh, it's." you're just going. You know, you're 10, 9, 11, 12 years old. You know, and it just was... Who I was hanging out with—it was basketball and, and, and hip hop. Did and you
1: hit Gaucho's gym? And, Gaucho's and gym, played for the
0: Riverside Church. I never played. Wow. At, you played yeah, for Riverside. Yeah, Madison yeah. Square okay. Boys Club. I was I was good. I wasn't great. I played with a bunch of good people in the city at the time. Kenny Anderson, Malik Sealy, those guys Rest were in peace.
1: Malik Sealy. Yeah,
0: but you know I was around so many good ball players. But I, it was just basketball, hip hop, and you know eventually you know I started getting a little older, started going to the clubs, Union Square, Latin quarters, uh, the rooftop. Uh, you know that's where I was at and you know these were clubs where you know you'd be in Latin quarters I was 15 16 you'd be in there and Chuck D would be in there I remember
1: DJ Red Alert was the DJ all the
0: time Melly Mel would be rocking the uh, the New York Giants 56 jersey freestyling (laughs) for 15 20 minutes (coughs) but I remember um one time being in uh, Latin quarters and I walked over to the bar and bumped right into salt from salt and pepper when and I was like it shot, stopped me in my tracks, right. you know? And, like, you know, you'd see Biz. You know, I remember seeing Kane perform for Biz when he was his sideman. You know, oh, when yeah, was, absolutely. And when, so, they w-
1: when they would do Just Rhyme With Biz, yeah. I saw him do that at a roller skate. Yeah, ring.
0: yeah. So, so I mean, it was just being young, being in New York, loving the music, and, and just being out. It wasn't anything preconceived. It was great timing. And, it, 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 you know, hip-hop, hip-hop culture, rap music is who I am. Right, it, it's it's a part of who I am. It's a part of uh, 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 my my thought process. I, I love the music. I, I I love, you know. It just it's just who I am. Like right. it's just part of how I grew up. It's part of of uh, my 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 life. You know. It's, so it's, it's
1: part of your makeup. It's part of your DNA. It's part point. of my
0: DNA. It's part of uh, you know how I behave. How I talk. My attitude, uh, uh for better or for worse. You know, and and you know and. That's just the way it is. Like, that's just how I grew up, and I got to I got exposed to it very young, and saw some incredible things uh, before there were cameras, and just the memories. And you know, I remember being in the quarters, standing next to the late great Scott LaRock, and there was a fight breaking out, and somebody pulled literally. I, I was he was to my left. He had the, the 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 S chain, the Superman chain, and somebody pulled out a sword out of their bubble goose. Wow. And I was like, it's time
1: to it's time to exit <laughs> stage left. So yeah, I, I ride left there, But
0: I was standing right next to him. And he was just standing there going like, Look at this.
1: Yeah, it was crazy in the Latin quarter. I was there the night they tried to take Jam Master J's uh big Adidas off of you his. You were neck. there for that. I was there. I'm from Queens. So we had to fight Brooklyn dudes all the way out That's like an of epic night. Yeah, it was crazy that night. They tried to rob JMJ. They tried to rob JMJ for the big giant gold Adidas that he had around his neck.
0: I've heard a lot of people talk. There could be a documentary on that night. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people talk about that night. That how are you gonna try to rob Jam Master
1: Jay? Exactly. The late great. Exactly. That was it. Was crazy, but you know when you was in the line. Quarters, it was nuts when Brooklyn was in there deep. But the it was things a were,
0: like when you think about like how young we were and the things that were going on, it was insanity. <laughs> but it was part of the night, you know, and 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 it was part of the just the, the the culture and you know obviously that that's not something to, like celebrate the violence of it uh but when you look back when i look back at how young i was i was like you know, it's it just was crazy but great memories and, and fortunately you know i was able to make it out of there safe and sound but I, I i was great times
1: yeah and and now that i see where you could have garnered that white mic, yep, because i've often wondered i looked at it and i said man Brothers and sisters love Michael Rappaport. Right. Like, they love him. Like, where does that love come from? Because there ain't a whole lot of people, white boys, that we embrace the way we embrace you. There's not a lot of them. Yeah. A lot of them is, you know, they cool, but they on the outside kind of looking in. Yeah. You know, I would say, like, you know, you, it took Eminem a while, but Eminem, you, Leo, Right. Lior Cohen. I know you used to see Search before. Search have the most incredible stories of anybody that's ever in a hip-hop game. Yeah. Pete, nice. Yeah, y'all, y'all are like a, a, a few, and I'm probably forgetting a few people. Yeah, yeah. New York, there's a there's a handful. Uh, um, Stretch Armstrong, of course. Stretch, gotta yep. love Stretch. Yep. You know, yep. and there's there's people like that that's always been around hip hop and have always been a part of hip hop. But when we were doing it in the Latin Quarter and Union Square and the Roxy yep. and spots like that, the camaraderie was a lot different.
0: You know, at the time, like I stuck out, but at the end of the day, I never had no problems. You know, people would try little cute stuff with anybody who they thought was soft, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I, the, the Mantronic song, it's for the white Puerto Ricans and the black people, too. Right. This black music, it's black culture, but hip-hop from Bambata you know, it was for everybody. It was That's made right. for everybody, and, and obviously it's black music and all that stuff, and I understand that and I respect it, but in, especially New York City, the epicenter of it. If you were down, you were down. That's right. And and if you were cool, people could sniff it out. And it was what it was. It wasn't like some taboo thing. If you were, especially at the time, it was so underground. Right. It wasn't what we're so familiar with now, where it's everywhere.
1: That's right. Every
0: day on, on serial commercials, every ball player. It's like, you know, uh, uh, Michael Jordan wasn't rocking with hip hop. He talked at about it. Oh. You know, and, and no disrespect to, to, to the GOAT, but it's like, New York started it, and, and I just happened to be of the age and was around it and got exposed to it. And it wasn't – there. it just was what it was. And mm. I never had any issues with that. And I started going out so young before I think you could be tainted by any racism. Like, you're going to play ball. Where do you live? Brooklyn. I'll be there. We're going to play ball. You know, what are they playing? We're playing it. But so it just was right. – it just was New York. I mean – New Yorkers are New Yorkers, and 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 obviously it's evolved everywhere else. But in New York, it's I always think of the Mantronic
1: song. It's for the white people, the the blacks, Puerto Ricans, and the white people too. We had a kid from Hollis that was part of the Hollis crew. Name was Danny Whiteboy. Right. He was part of the Hollis crew. Nobody looked at him like Danny like. White, we just called him Danny White Boy because right. he was white. That's what we called him, Danny White Boy. Did you do the Kangos and the, and and all of that? Was that your thing?
0: I, I mean, I didn't go crazy. I was a little bit past the Kangos, but I had my belt buckles. I had my 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 uh, you know, my latigras. I had my <laughs> polos. You know, I had my Coca Cola jackets, my swatches. I wasn't, jackets I wasn't. Everything. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to go crazy. You know, I right. tried to keep. Yeah, I've always been a low key dude, but you know, I had my my hats, obviously. You know my kicks when when you know especially in the '80s. You know, chasing around Nikes and and big Nikes and Air Nikes and Drew, you know Drew Man, Drew Man, and and all that yes. stuff up in the Bronx. And you know, I mean, I was around, but I wasn't like you know. I'm, I remember when I was fifteen. Probably the best decision she ever made. But I, I begged my mom to get me a gold tooth. I was like, please. She was, I was like, it's only a hundred bucks. She's like, I'm, I'm not getting you a gold tooth. I was like, please, mom. She said, and she probably better that she didn't get me a gold tooth, but. I wanted just one affront so bad but she was like it's it's not happening. Mike and
1: I give y'all a little history right now of early hip hop. We didn't really we didn't really say gold teeth. We said fronts. Right. There had to be gold fronts and I had one here with the underline on the other side I right. got it from Eddie Goldcaps right. from Queens and Eddie Goldcaps is really the guy who went to Atlanta and started the Gold Teeth Revolution in the South, came from Queens, New York, in a place called the Coliseum. Mm. He used to do all the gold fronts and all of that, and the Shirt Kings used to Mm -hmm. do the Mm spray-painted shirts, and you had to have Bart Simpson or Mm -hmm. somebody like Mm -hmm. that, or Nefertiti on one leg. Especially Queens, dudes. You guys were were, were big with it. Yeah, we went big with the Shirt Kings and stuff like that. When did you first get into acting, and what do you think was your big break? Mm -hmm.
0: I started acting... Well, I started doing stand-up comedy, which I'm back doing. I'm at the Vic Saturday night. Um, I started doing stand-up comedy. I was 1989. I was 19. And then I started uh, uh, getting called in for auditions, and I did a movie called Zebrahead in 91, 92. Um, And that was a a big break. And then, uh, of course, I got to do the movie True Romance, and then uh, Higher Learning was a big deal. Uh, um, and and you know I've been been able to rock uh, uh, since then. I love what I do. I've been fortunate to do uh, a, a lot of different things. Got to work with I know you're a big person in your life, Ted Demi, and beautiful girls. Yes, the late God great Ted Demi. God bless Ted. And uh, you know who started the the MTV Raps and
1: started me on your MTV Raps, which
0: which was is one of my regrets of my career that I never got into the studio. Why not? I think it was just timing. Like I I know there was I I mean when you guys did that show. You you brought to life what we were seeing a little bit with Ralph McDaniels and and, and, and the local radio stations in New York, but to right. see it in color in in you know in, in at the time it seemed like high def and to see the artist and to see you know like every day, it was such a big Deal. It was such a big deal to me because you know you heard it on the radio, but it, you know you didn't necessarily know what the DJs looked like, right? You know, and like I said, you'd see Ralph McJ, Ralph McDaniels, and the vi- the Vid Kid, and and you'd catch it when you caught it. But when you guys came on your MTV, Rap- your MTV raps, and to see it live and in color, and to see Fab, who you know you like, it was just
1: cooler than the other side of the pillow. Still to this day, man. It still was still a big day. deal. You know, He's a, Fab is a huge big deal. Fab is the guy that got all the graffiti artists from pretty much getting arrested off the train from Futura to, to everybody into the art galleries downtown. Fab is the guy that introduced Bosni. He's a pillar. He's a pillar. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's, yeah, he's, you know, he's a hip-hop. pillar of hip hop and so, in hip hop. Absolutely. Hip hop. He's but he's from hip hop. You know, he's a pillar of hip hop. Absolutely. Boy, Debbie Harry and yeah. all of them downtown man. Oh, it was incredible. The but clash. So
0: when I saw you guys doing that, like I mean, I was you know, what year did it start?
1: fab started 88 on, on the show yeah we started 89
0: so i i was you know i wasn't even doing anything but it's definitely something that i wish i had been well by the time when did you do higher learning i did 93 94 i think you there was some, had, there yeah, was some you, satellites you know like yo we're at the higher learning premiere i think it was that but i was never in the studio i never got to do the ed lover dance with you <laughs> and, and uh you know it's definitely uh, uh you know i was a it was a big deal, that show.
1: Have you ever had an experience on a film where you starred with somebody who wasn't very nice to you?
0: You know, to be honest with you, I, I, I've never had any real issues. I mean, there's been people who have had bad days, but I've never been like, this person, if I see them, I don't say anything to them. I right. never had that. I never had that. I, I would say it if I did. I never had I never had that. I've had, you know, like I said, you know, you've had bad days. I've had bad days. I've had... You know my attitudes for a day, but I've never been like this. Is just a, a not- this dude's an ass. I don't want to work with him ever again. Yeah, I don't want yeah, 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 yeah.
1: to see him. But what do you? What would you say is your favorite role so far to date that you've done?
0: It's hard to say. Um, I I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, Higher Learning was a dope part. True Romance, Copland. Uh, you know, I'm doing this show on Netflix now, a- Atypical, which is cool. It's not for me to decide, right? You know, and I've been I've been rocking for so long. uh, I don't care what people know me from as long as they know me. It don't. It really doesn't make a difference. There's not
1: one thing that you walk down the street. Well, I mean, people know you now because all over the place, all over the place. But is there one thing that people point out and say to you?
0: It's so all over the place and the ages. You know, there's kids, little ten year old, twelve year old kids are like, "Yo, you're from. You're the kid from. You're the guy from Instagram." I'm like, "Yeah, that's what I've been thirty years, and yeah, that's what you got me." But you know, it's like I said, I'm just happy to be rocking. For this long, right? You know, and 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 I love what I do, and I love all that I've uh, gotten to do, and the people that I've gotten to work with, and the memories, and the moments, and the films. I'm literally just, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it more today than I ever have because I
1: really have
0: perspective and appreciation for it.
1: I see you on sports talk. Love that all the time. That I love doing. I see you with with Stephen A. Love it. And 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 all of them on first take. Give me a take on the New York Knicks. I gave up, bro. I'm done. Me too. I'm not an. Me Knicks too. Fan. Me either. Screw me either. them. Done. I'm I'm done. done.
0: They don't deserve. They don't deserve us. They don't deserve any of the fans. And and there's so many other things in New York to do. You could go to see the Brooklyn Nets. You could Netflix and chill. You could listen to this podcast. Come on, Sean. That's uh, right. uh, You can uh, 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 watch a play. You can go for a walk. You can go take your girl for some ice cream and pizza. Stop going to these games. They have nothing. They got a bum ass owner. Um, they, uh, they, they. I don't. They, they, they. Don't support them. We, we. It's a dysfunctional relationship. We shouldn't be abused. Like it's one thing to go through like oh oh we we've had our highs we had our lows Chicago listen they could they could suffer for the next thirty years you know what you hit you did here you had those six
1: that's right you had
0: Mike there's been integrity with the team we're trash <laughs> yeah,
1: straight I'm up done down. I don't I'm support too. the team anymore I'm, I'm not done. watching I heard them. you say that on first take that you were done and done then, um, Jeff Garland who's on who's from Chicago yeah. native of Chicago. Who's on Curb Your Enthusiasm sat there and said the same thing about the Chicago Bulls. He's done. He, he, they he's don't tripping. deserve it. Uh, he said they don't Bulls deserve it. Bulls fans the product can't complain. On.
0: You don't know. You had you a had guy in the All Star game. You got Zach Levine. You got Kobe White. You guys are going to be fine. You don't know what it's like. I, <laughs> I don't want to hear any complaints from Bulls fans. Laker fans, they have a couple of dips. I'm like,
1: shut up. Right. You don't know what it's like. You have no idea what it's like. I don't care though. We haven't won a championship since 96.
0: You're fine.
1: Right. Where's our last championship? 73. 73. I was 10 years old. That's number one. Number two is we have the worst. Winning percentage record since Dolan took over the team in the in NBA. In the NBA. We're beating the Minnesota Timberwolves. Right. But we're worth more than anybody else because our full-ass New Yorkers sell keep the game. Sell the team, game. loser.
0: Yes. Please sell the team. And stop going to the games, New York fans.
1: When did you become a political pundit? And this is a two-part question. Is it the presidency, the way Donald Trump is running it, that you don't like? Yes. Or is it him?
0: I never became I, – I I, I. I haven't – I don't consider myself educated about politics. I don't consider myself an expert. I never... You could look it up. I never spoke on politics until Trump came in. Um, I think he's done some good things for the country in terms of his policies. I'm not going to say he hasn't, because that'd be foolish.
1: That'd be a lie.
0: Um, but the disrespect, the name-calling, uh, 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 the, um, the, the taunting uh 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 and and the blatant lying and the divisiveness in his language this is the president they say well mike rap you talk i'm not the president right. you're not the president That's i right. want the president to be better than me not some shit talker uh from new york who's uneducated about politics we know trump i've seen him around if if you still support him after forget, forget the policies, forget the lying, forget the pussy grabbing, forget the collusion. Forget the this the, 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 forget any of that. Why like to have a guy who's sitting there disrespecting other candidates, calling them names like yo, this is not the sixth grade. <laughs> if this was preschool you'd be like, yo, go sit in the corner. Yeah, time out, We're man. talking about the president. The president of the United States, he's lowered the bar. And what's expected, we could say this about Barack, this about Clinton, this push, that push. None of them have ever been so blatantly disrespectful publicly to to the rest of the world and to American citizens. That right there alone is is enough why he makes me sick. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not going to say everything he does sucks. That's foolish. Right. He's done some good things. Uh. uh, uh and it, it but but. What the way he behaves is not acceptable for a president.
1: Absolutely, and period. The di- and the divisiveness, the disrespect. And he's from your borough. Yeah, he is from Queens. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's from he's from your borough. <laughs> and the disrespect. He's from Q-Q-Bor- borough. He's from the Q borough. The disrespect to the Latin community really bothers me. The too.
0: disrespect to the Latin community. The 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 the, 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 the sort of um, sort of like uh, sarcasm towards the black community. The sarcasm to anybody to anybody who doesn't bow down to him.
1: Right whether you're 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 white black doesn't rich, matter cabinet th- member it doesn't matter if you
0: if you don't like you know bow to him this yo, we're not you ain't a king you ain't no you ain't no you don't you ain't no dictator right you're the president this you you're you work you work for me my man we don't we're, we're not here for you we you work for us
1: we are not your royal subjects no you work for us, you're then, supposed to be better in the community. You're giving people not nicknames. To it. You, 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 mini Mike. He calls Mike Bloomberg yeah, like, mini Mike. Yo, what are
0: you doing, man? Like this is old
1: man Bernie. Like, yeah, it's like, so yo, disrespectful. It's,
0: it's, it doesn't matter whether they are. There's yo. It's that's why I go. I'm like yo. You, you know, because we're from New York. We know. We've seen this guy. In the in the club, I've seen him at Diddy parties in the '90s.
1: Absolutely, so have I. We've seen him, uh, We've footage seen him. of
0: him at Jeffrey Epstein parties. Sure, have. We know how you get down. <laughs> That's right. Like, and and I know some New Yorkers still support him, but it's like, yo, we 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 know what it is. You're you're a three card Monty playing shit talking pimping ass motherfucker. Right. So don't front like you could front like it, it's like uh, my cousin Vinny gone wrong you go to these <laughs> and like these people like in the in these in these in these cities and in these towns they support I'm like yo he he wouldn't piss on you if you were if you were if you were on fire right he 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 looks down on you and 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 the, and to be totally honest and, and I'll move off the pause the the undereducated underprivileged uh, middle and lower class whites. He looks on down. He looks down on them the most. That's right. Even more so than anybody else. He's like these. These are the he. He, he
1: thinks he, they're idiots because they keep running out voting for him. they And and, he and thinks like this is idiots. an
0: elitist Rolls Royce driving. He doesn't walk the streets. This guy wouldn't piss on any of you if you were on
1: fire. And don't forget, he comes from money. It's not like he didn't make that money. His father already had money. He's a clown. His son's a clown. Donald Trump Jr. is a clown.
0: <laughs> his his daughter's a clown. Her da- His daughter's uh, a husband is a clown, too.
1: Everybody's a clown. The whole crew. Anybody that,
0: that still rocks with him is a clown. Before of
1: we move politics real quick, let me ask you something. Do you believe Bloomberg? Because I don't. Do I believe him? Yeah, as a Democrat. Yeah, I believe him. Why? Because, I'll be totally honest, I
0: believe him because my mom really has educated me about him. I think that he's a fiscal Republican. I think that he wants to uh, remove Donald Trump. I don't think this is, I mean, listen, his personality, he doesn't have the gift for gab. He's not a shit talker. He's not quick. He doesn't have the one-liners. But I personally think, listen, is he flawed? Yes. Did he do the stop and frisk? Yes. But, uh, 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 you know, I feel like now we need the best person to get in there and beat Bloomberg. I mean, to beat Trump. And if it's Trump, if, if it's Bloomberg, let's do it. I think that he'll do a good job running. He treats it like a business. I don't think he's emotional. Mm-hmm. And the one thing about Trump, he's extremely emotional. Right. We need somebody who's cool, calm, and collective, and to get some stability, and who doesn't, who's not up there talking crazy. This is not comedy. <laughs> Comedy's for me Saturday night at the Vic.
1: Right. Let me ask you about your podcast. What's your podcast called? The I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Why do you think that podcast is so successful? Your podcast is kicking my podcast ass. I'm That's because you
0: just started. No, I've been you, doing this
1: podcast for over a year.
0: Yeah, but I've been doing it. For, you just started. You 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 you're you're gonna be rocking and rolling it. <laughs> um, I think the, the the reason why I got in a little bit early. Um, I, I I speak my mind. I talk my shit. It's from the the bottom of my heart. It, it, it's disruptive podcasting. Uh, uh, and uh, you know, I I I, th- I just try to be as honest as I can, you know, about whatever. It's eclectic in terms of what we talk about: talk about music, talk about uh, politics, talk about anything that's going on in my head. And and I just try to make it like a a, a diary of my feelings, thoughts, and 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 where I'm at on that particular day. And and and, and I just try my best to be uh, as as uh, in tune with what I'm saying. Uh, and it's honest and as genuine as, as as what I'm saying when I actually am doing the podcast. That's my right, goal, you know, to right. so just try to really just purge myself of whenever I'm thinking.
1: Right. Just go with it. Yeah. Just go with just it. Just Go with the flow at any given time. I do the same thing with, with this podcast. Come on, son. I, I really don't care. Right, like the, and it, it's a great thing. It's freedom. It's freedom. It's freedom. And it's you freedom. know, the certain, I love when you disagree with me.
0: Yeah, and there, and there's certain forms, you know, you know, where there's radio. So sometimes you can't say this. Sometimes you can't use this language. Sometimes you have to pull back. The beauty of of podcasting it is freedom, and you could go all over the place. That's right. So that's I think why people are enjoying yeah, podcasting.
1: Yeah. yeah, people, podcasting is absolutely the future. And thank you to Radio.com Now I'm on their platform. Dope. So we're doing we doing major things, and Good. I'm really Enjoying the freedom of just talking shit when yes, I feel like right, it. right. Just whenever I want to say whatever I want right. to say, I don't have to hold back, and I really don't give a fuck who agrees with me and who don't.
0: Let agree. me ask you a question. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, um, I would ask you this if you were on my podcast. Uh, uh, what are you excited about? Forget what we don't like. What are you excited about within hip hop music right now?
1: The the MCs like Rhapsody, 3D Natty. I'm really excited about. How there's more than one female? I am so fucking happy that there's more than one female rapper out there doing their thing in a major way. That's dope. for a long time it had to be one girl, and she had to be associated with a crew. Like there was Foxy was with Nas, uh-huh. Kim was with Big e and M, Mia X was with. You know, with these guys, you got Megan Thee Stallion, who ain't with no fucking body. Mm -hmm. You know, Nicki Minaj had to be associated with Wayne and Drake, and then she was the queen. She's so good, man. She is very good, but she could be a little arrogant at times, She could
0: be arrogant, and I feel like her personality— And she shit on
1: people sometimes, and it's not necessary.
0: She doesn't need to, because as far as an MC, she could be considered in top lists. As far as like her her rapping,
1: she oh, yeah, very, she's very 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 good. She's she been dope though. When Fendi had her and he was running around New York, Nikki was dope. She's
0: sick, and and I feel like her personality and, and and the hating, like I know it's sort of her her thing, but I think she should pull it back because her her skill set is so, in my opinion, above and beyond most rappers. Forget female rappers. I love uh, rap city, but like Nicki Minaj is stupid as yeah, an MC. She's, she's
1: very dope. I've she, never taken that away from her, and I. Also, have argued with Peter Rosenberg when he was trying to say that she wasn't hip hop. I'm going. to defend, What is he talking about? I, I don't know. I'm going to. Defend, she's not hip hop. Yeah, he said she wasn't hip hop. I'm going to defend. Nikki I put up of, against any dude right now. As I'm going to defend like, her first and foremost. She's from Queens. That's number one. She's, she's stupid as America an MC. Queen. She's dumb, and I'm I'm really excited. She's not hip hop. That. That's insane. <laughs> Come on, son. Ed Lover here. And I know this could be a touchy subject for most men, but every now and then, it's necessary to cut or trim the hair around your private area, which is very sensitive. And a slight nick from a regular schmegler disposable razor can be quite painful and irritating. Well, I'm here to tell you that manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past, gentlemen, because Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents, and millions of balls around the world about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped advanced skin-safe technology. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show you. Mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand, a rapid charging dock powered by USB. So if you're listening to me right now, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk off, fellas. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code EDLOVER. That's E-D-L-O-V-E-R at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping by using the code E-D-L-O-V-E-R at Manscaped.com. And don't forget the code Ed Lover. Come on, side, son, son. I'm excited about uh the way a lot of cats is getting back to the boom bap like Benny the Butcher and that whole Griselda. Griselda, I, I, so so I was gonna love here them. tonight. I they're know here in Chicago tonight. I know,
0: I'm gonna see them. I rock yeah. I rock with that whole crew, Conway, uh uh West Side gun and Benny. They're they're yeah. very good and 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 I will say this and I wouldn't say this lightly i they have a wu-tang ish absolutely vibe absolutely they're very prolific in terms of they put out a lot of music they're not precious they'll get inspired they'll put a joint out yeah um all three of them are good they got their little dude uh, el camino he's dope too and and I, like i said you know comparing anybody to wu-tang uh, but also the way they're distributing their stuff and they're doing it on their own ground and and ed you never in your life ever would have thought rappers from Buffalo would be
1: popping. Never.
0: And I went to Buffalo this summer and I saw it. I was like, this is a miracle.
1: Yeah. That you made it out of Buffalo as rappers. Cause it was only. That's another reason why they're more like Wu Tang. That's another reason why. Cause no fucking body was checking from Staten Island. Mike, you was there. When they threw Nothing. their hands up in the air in the club, you never heard nobody it's say Brooklyn Staten It's Brooklyn in the house, Island. Manhattan in the house, Harlem right. in the house, Bronx in the house. Queens in the house. And then you'd be like, Staten Island, yeah. Yeah, it was hard for us because Queens was considered the desert. Right. Back in them days, we in a two-fare zone in New York. You in a two- you got to take the train and then the bus. Right, boss. right. That shit is not even thought of. Long Island <clears> came up when Chuck and came up. Yep. But there always been and people Rakim, from And Rakim, and you were Rock like, Cam. who are they? Like, right, you were like Strong Island in the building. And EPMD, you start EPMD, to- EPMD. That's right. They did their thing in Long Island, but you original concept with Dre and them. But you never heard nobody go is JVC Force, right? Strong Island, Strong Island. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. But you never heard
0: nobody yell out. Staten Island, and, like you know, that. And, and 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 listen. Not even
1: when King Just came through. No, nope, it was nope. a little spot. But when Wu came through and started calling it Shaolin, it was something totally. They you should, had to respect. They
0: should. I know they they gave him their street, but they should just call Staten Island Shaolin because <laughs> there hasn't been anything since Wu Tang that came out of Staten Island. Even
1: the Force M D S that came out of Staten Island, but that was R and B. It wasn't the Force that Wu Tang has put out. And for Love Is a House. Crew, to come through from Buffalo, New York? Buffalo. Buffalo. You, you,
0: And I was up there this summer. I was chilling with them, and I was like, wow. I was tripping because to get heard, to get signed, to get even, like, where are y'all from? Buffalo. Come on, man. I'm not listening to this. Those That's dudes, right. they, they did it. They ground and pound. I rock with them. I love their hustle. I love them. I love their style. And I love that. Uh, uh, they're resonating with the kids. Yeah. I, I'm so happy for those guys. Yeah. When I when I saw it, I was like, "This it's it's really like you never thought that hip-hop would take it this far moment. Yes. Like them making it out of Buffalo, it really yes. is like that. Because so the, drill, still,
1: the drill rap had taken over so hard, and it had become so cliche, I can't, and it became so easy, that having these dudes come through and getting the love, the underswelling of love that they get. getting I, from...
0: I, I, I'm so happy for them, and, and that... It's, it's adding balance because there has to be balance. Yes. You know, I, I'm all for making music everywhere. It's, it's, in, it's international music now. But there used to be distinct sounds, and they were all dope, whether it was New York whether it was down south with, you know, uh, T.I. and Outkast and them, and even
1: Florida started doing their thing. Even New Orleans sound was different. DJ Jubilee and the bounce music and 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 all of that stuff. And Houston and,
0: of course, L.A. And then you had the Bay Area, which was different than the A.I.
1: Way different than L.A. And
0: and, and it was dope. That's what was cool about it. And for me, when I say the things that I don't like, and to me a lot of it starts with the production. The production is where it suffers more than the rapping. Right. You know, and, and the producers... You know, from from the South dudes to Jermaine and them to like Two Live and when they came, whether you liked it or not, at least it was different than Chicago. Now, so much of it is like that, tss, 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 right? Tss, and and I'm like,
1: I, Jay, I'm not Jay old. Dilla, Kanye, some of the greatest producers that ever came out of here. No ID, their sound in the Midwest was so much more soulful and different. The Slum Village was way different than The Tribe Called quest it was totally just different it was totally different. It was different
0: and 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 the Houston stuff and and it, it was just different and, and that is to me what is missing is the different and it's it could all be dope but it should be different when outcast came out you were like what the fuck is this? That's but this right. shit is dope. Yeah. The sounds were different. Their their, um, their accents were different. When I hear New York dudes rhyming with a southern accent, I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Right. From New York.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. It There's a way the we speak.
0: Me. Like I'm like, you know, and then when we heard Snoop and, and, and Cube and them, like Cube and Ice-T, you were like, what the fuck is this accent? But it was different. When, now designer, all...
1: when designer came out with Panda, yep. I had no idea he was from Brooklyn. Right, right. I had no idea he was from right because right. he sounded like a southern rapper. Yeah,
0: I don't get that. You're a New Yorker, sound like represent. I just don't get why everybody wants to meld together. Like rock your shit. It could all be dope. It could all be funky, but it can't all be the same. That, that I'm not with that.
1: Me either. I'm totally not with it. And I've been and that don't have nothing to do much with much
0: old or like, yo. I'm not with that. Like funk is funk. When 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 three hundred years from now, when when uh, uh, James Brown. Uh, is rediscovered by the, the cavemen, they're going to put that on, and the face is going to be the Ed Lover face. Right.
1: That same... Mm.
0: You're not going to have to explain it. it. Funk is funk.
1: Funk is always going to be funk. 300 years from say, now, 3,000 years listen, from now. Listen, Prince's funk was different than James Brown's funk, which was different than the Ohio Players' funk, which was different than uh, the Commodore's funk, was different from Earth, & Fire's funk. It's all funk, which was different than Roger Trotman's... Right. ...and Zap's funk. Hip-hop needs to be different. I Everything agree. does not need to be the same beat, the same sound, the same cadence. I can't that, stand that, it. That just bothers the shit this out of shit me. This shit is whack. I was looking at some old pictures the other day, and it was... The camaraderie, like I was talking about before, was different. We were all be in a spot together, man. It would, it, it, it could be Nas right here, Jay right here, the Fugees right here, Biggie right there. Even when Pac was in New York running around with us like crazy, Pac is right there. Snoop and Dre would be there, DMX and them would be over there. It was just so different, but everybody was on the come up. And nowadays, you can't put three rappers in the same room together. It's going to be a problem. Somebody don't like this person, this person. It's just, that was bullshit. And even, and even in New York back in the days, like I was talking about, like
0: the Queens with the colors, like you could tell where somebody was from by Absolutely. the way they dressed in Manhattan. Right. I mean, in the city, you could tell that's a Harlem dude. He's from the Bronx. Just just by the way they'd rock their sneakers. Right. The Queens, you know, you guys would get a little boisterous with the colors, the jewelry, you could tell. It, it just was a different thing. Let me ask you a question, because one of the only people oh, who I never got to meet in hip hop was Biggie. What 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 was, forget the rhyming, I know all that stuff. Like, what is what was he like as a person? You he like, had one of
1: the greatest personalities of anybody. Off you, camera. Oh, off camera, joking all the time. A Brooklyn dude. Brooklyn dude, laughing all the time. Always wanted to smoke weed, always wanted to smoke weed. I remember he came to the rail station when I was at high 97, started rolling a blunt. Right there, spreading his weed out. I'm like, Big, you can't, oh, can't smoke it here. No, you can't smoke it here. We had a radio station. He was always laughing, man. That's one thing I know about Big. Whenever I was with Big, and there's a lot of times I was with Big and Pac together, we were always laughing about something. That dude loved to laugh. He loved to joke. You had memories of them together. Yeah, absolutely. Because we were, we were, and Stretch too. We were always together when Pac touched down. What people don't realize, we didn't really have cell phones like that. Right. We had the two-way pages and stuff like that. So you two-way, yo, I'm at the airport. Somebody come scoop me. We scoop him. Yo, what's going on? Big's Damn. in the studio. Let's go by the studio. Are you serious? Yeah, Big's in Brooklyn. Yo, let's go roll up on Big and them. I know where they are. I'm going about to hit homie and tell them we're coming through. Or if Big was in Atlanta when Pac had the house in Atlanta, Big would come through. It was just, we came through. You just came. You must through, have just been just it's like you. Just, you just came through
0: when that whole thing was going down. You you must have just been like fuck. Like could you, you could you, when you. I saw- didn't know what they would become, Mike. You gotta understand. I was the most famous one out of all of us. No, but I mean, when it felt like you know when that when that when the beef started. Oh, like, it was. It you was, could um, it feel was it wasn't. You knew it wasn't, it wasn't genuine. Gonna end. It you, wasn't
1: genuine. You knew it wasn't going to end well. Yeah, I did, and it was and it was horrible. That's what I'm saying. Like, nah, no, it, it was it was it was horrible to see two guys that were really, really, really tight on opposite ends of things. And I think the most heartbreaking part of it for me was Big had no idea what the fuck was going on. He was just like flabbergasted, like, why is this happening? I did nothing to do. I did nothing to do. Everybody knows, if you look at the history of it right now, Big went back into the studio, he took Pac's gun, when the cops showed up, he put it in the piano in the studio and closed the piano. When the cops came, Big walked back into the studio, put Pac's gun in his waist, and walked right out of the studio. Why would you do that for somebody you allegedly and supposedly set up? We were flabbergasted, man. I was floored, bro. I was, Damn. I was. Floored. I never heard that. One year—it's the God's honest truth. One year to Fu- the day. Were you there that night? At the studio, no. no, no, I was, I was at home. I was in, I was at home. But you know, Stretch was my dude. Stretch and Pac ran like this. They laid all of them down, okay. Freddie, who's another dude of mine, good friend of mine, one of the young guns, he got shot. He Pac wasn't the only one that got shot. Right. Freddie got shot in the stomach. They loved Freddie. They loved Stretch. They knew Stretch would be with Pac. Why would you? Why would you do that? They, that wasn't done in that manner. And it's just coming out all of these years later. Big had nothing to do with setting Pac up. He yeah. had nothing to do with that. That came from whoever booked that studio time. That came from Jimmy Hinchman talking to Haitian Jack. And every fucking body knows that.
0: And they were just like, we're going to rob this fucking dude.
1: It was because Pac talked in that Vibe magazine article when that rape, or- right. sexual assault happened. Right. He named names. And where we come from, that snitching, so Jack <sighs> felt like he had to, you know, what a, a fucking
0: shame, man. And, and, he, it,
1: and the divide that happened, man. It, it was,
0: was so, you knew it was going to end bad. I
1: knew it wasn't going to end well at all. I I, I I had no idea either one of them would, would get know, killed. I know. But,
0: you know, I just, of course you didn't think that, but you just were like, this is not good. This yeah. is not, this is not good. And when then they when they went
1: to the awards and they almost fighting and then. Suge got all the bloods behind them, and then Puff got all the crypts with him. And, and they were- so, You they know, you look sick, back as you get older, I'm
0: 49, you like 25 years old. Right. These are babies. 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 It's ne- so, never got
1: to see what they would amount to. And, I'm quite and, sure all of this stuff that's going on, Pac would have been very political. He would have been in the forefront of the Black Lives Matter movement. Big. He would have done so much. He would have done incredible things. He had his own I mean, he was, label going with Thug Life.
0: And he was- you know, outspoken then, when not everybody was outspoken. Now it's easy to be outspoken on social media and your right. tweets. Like this guy was, you know, some of the things were good, some of the things were not good, some of the things he was right about, but he spoke and he was reaching and learning and trying and, you know, and, 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 and it was, he was doing it while he was alive. Right. You know, and you look at 23 year old Pac, 22 year old Pac speaking, you're like, this is a 22 year old. I mean, this is a, you know, you get, like, athletes like LeBron is doing a good job, but it's like
1: he was doing this from jump. No, nah, he was doing it, and he was doing it brashly. <laughs> and
0: even before the brash. He didn't
1: sugarcoat nothing. Yeah,
0: but even, but even before it got, like, even when he was on your show and I remember, you know, that that clip of you pulling about that. Yeah. Just like his, I remember just seeing him this great interview on BET, and he was just, it was before it was even brash, and I was just like, you know, you knew he was special, man, and it's a shame because those guys were both, so unique and so special, and it—it's it, just a shame. And I know you were around it so much. That's why I, I wanted to ask you because, you know, they are they what they did, and you're like 25, yeah. 20 fucking five years old. That's yeah. like a, a baby.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And to, and that's. To watch he, them work. Actually, for me, is some of the best. Did you see them in I've the studio? Had.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What did
1: you? What songs or things did you actually see either one of them record? I we did um when Pac was doing his first album. Stretch was producing. Some songs on his album. And um, I was in the studio with them when they were recording. Like the way Pac would record, it was like the music just enveloped them and he would just write. He would just sit there and write, just write, just write, just writing, smoking weed, writing, smoking weed, writing, going to the studio, knock it out. Pac never liked to stick around for a chorus or anything like that. For he the looked, editing. Yeah. Lay it down. I'm done. Y'all do what y'all got to do with it y'all fix the beat fix hot hats I'm not sitting around for this shit whole lot let me move on to this next song because I got an idea for that other beat that we had and that's the way he recorded biggie fucking genius bro when Dre and I put our album out man um big is on one of the songs yeah um called who's the man yeah and he came in for the re- for the movie yeah he came in and no not that was party and bullshit but we did our very own you album. didn't see
0: him do party and Bullshit, no, did you he didn't. Oh, you were going he about did to back fuck up my- off me right
1: and the album, and there's a song on the album called Who's the Man? And Big has a verse on it. So he came in the studio, and he sat there, and he lit up weed, and Seeds was with him, and he was like, yo, turn the fucking beat up, man. And he said, let me hear some of some with y- what y'all doing. And we played like two oh he was like, oh, that's how y'all coming? All right, and he sat there for about 20 minutes just nodding, mumbling, mumbling, mumbling. And he said, all right, I'm ready. Ed, come in the booth with me. So I'm in the booth with him. He said, you know the shit that y'all do, the roll call every day? I was like, yeah. He said, I want you to say that with me. And once you finish with what you got to say, I got it from here. And and we got to the part. And the engineer punched him in, and both of us said, what's up, y'all? What you got to say? He said, Big smoke, chronic all day. Slay MCs on precious son like George Jefferson. Weezy tried to skeeze me. He couldn't please me. Florence next through Detective Ralph neck because he kept on begging for shit. Now Big keep on wrecking the shit. And the chronic uh, got me. Uh, uh. And I was standing there looking at him like, oh, my fucking God. Doubled it, gone. Less than an hour. Doubled it, gone. Gone, and that was going to be the song that we were going to release, but he was getting ready to drop another single, and Ariston wouldn't let us release the song.
0: Did that ever come out anywhere?
1: No, it's on the album. Like, a lot of people, if people play the big, the best of big, and go deep right, intro, they 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 pull that song out.
0: But you have that memory. In
1: the studio with him on the microphone at the same time, saying, what's up, y'all, what you got to say, and he murdered it. That's fucking Marty dope. Beat done by uh, Mark the 45 King. That's
0: fucking dope, who's a prolific.
1: Absolutely. Did Hard Knock. Uh, it's a Hard Knock Life for us. By he Jay-Z. did your. Isn't yeah, that 45? That's him. That's yeah. your Mark shit. the 45 King did the, uh, the theme to the Ed Lover dance, 900 number. Absolutely. That's, that's a great memory. That's one of my biggest regrets in my life. What? That when I had the 900 number popping that I didn't do what DJ Cool did and make it a fucking record. That let me clear my throat. I am so mad I didn't think of that because to this day, when I that record come on, if you are a fan <laughs> of young TV Raps, the whole room will shift and look at me. Like, you ain't going to do the goddamn Ed Lover dance? Like, you know what I mean? And I get out of it because I used to do the Ed Lover dance on Wednesdays <laughs> only. So if I don't feel like doing it, i be like, it ain't Wednesday. I'm not doing I it. I get today. it. Yeah, but... DJ Cool man, I tell him every time I see him. I'm so mad I didn't think of that shit, bro. That's fucking because dope. Because I owned that record. Uh, that record was me. That
0: was you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I still get it. I could be walking through the airport and somebody go That's funny. Yeah, anywhere. That's funny. It's 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 fantastic, man. I I can't think of nothing better. Now let me ask you a sports question. Okay. Give me your top 5 athletes of all time.
0: City of Chicago, city
1: of Chicago, city
0: of Chicago. <sighs> Isaiah Thomas, okay, Zeke. Um, I, I mean, uh, I got to go. Tim Hardaway,
1: Tim Hardaway.
0: I have to say Michael Jordan because he's he's Chicago, right? Absolutely. Okay, he's Chicago. Absolutely. I mean, we know he's born in Brooklyn. He's from yeah. North Carolina, but he's Chicago. It doesn't.
1: It don't. It, he's synonymous with Chicago.
0: Um. These are my guys. Uh, I got to go with uh, Mark Aguirre.
1: Mark Aguirre, big shout out to Mark. I smoke cigars with Mark all the time. That's dope.
0: I would bug out off. I love Mark Aguirre. Shout
1: out Mark Aguirre.
0: And then I go with D Rose. D Rose, and I know I'm forgetting a bunch of people. Walter
1: Payton.
0: Is he not? He's not from Chicago, right? But D. he's a Chica-
1: But he's Chicago.
0: Man, I kept sweetness off. Can I? Can, <laughs> I, I don't want to take D Rose off, but I mean sweetness.
1: Ain't hey, D Wade from Chicago? he D- Wade from yeah, Chicago. D- Wade I mean, the West Side so I'm saying Chicago. it's a t-
0: it's like a New York list. Sweetness was my favorite football player. That was my guy. He was so exciting to watch because he'll run over you, run past you, or jump over you at the at the end zone.
1: Right, or juke the shit out of you. you
0: and get- then and then when you heard him talk, he had such a soft like he had like a Michael Jackson voice. And 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 you know this was before. We knew everything about athletes. So all we knew was sweetness. We knew Walter Payton. And then the way he passed and the dignity uh uh a, a, that he went uh went out with. And and uh I love Walter Payton. I love that 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 Bears team. So I mean Walter Payton, he's my favorite running back of all time. And Absolutely. and I'm a New York guy, but like I just how could you so not are you, love? Him? Are you
1: Giants and Jets? I'm Giants. Me too. For life. I'm Giants. Giant. Jets ain't won since you know who. But you're uh, from
0: Queens, though.
1: Yeah, but I'm still I still love the Giants. All right. Okay. So my my cousin was Big Dog. Big Dog um, Robinson. Oh yeah. Family. Okay. Okay. And I got a cousin right now, KJ Martin, that played for the Giants. Oh shit. Okay. Two cousins on two different sides of the family. Now. Yes. You were in Beats Rhymes in Life. Directed it. Yes. Tribe Called Quest. Yes. That's your thing. Dire- tribe or Outcast? Woo! I, 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 just, I mean, I without,
0: without, without 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 out without, without without tribe, there's no outcast. Without tribe, there's there's no Pharrell. There's no Kanye West. There's no a lot of things. Yes. Uh, including De La. Uh uh they're all together. Jungle Brothers. Jungle Brothers uh, were uh, first. They 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 all, you know, they are all that whole that whole click Moni, uh, Queen Latifah, Beat Nuts, G-I-L-E. Brand Newbie. So, so but but Tribe, I I have always been such a big fan of theirs, all these groups. Um to make that documentary, to make it before the passing of the great five dog, yes, it was a challenge. Um, honored to have made it. Uh, we went through. Uh, we went through it. Uh, uh, me and Tip, still my friend. Uh, uh, um, and it was a pleasure to make it, and a privilege to make it, and something I'll, uh, I'm so uh, proud that I got done. Beat rhymes in life, the travels of a tribe. Coquest, uh, uh, in my opinion, a beautiful documentary about one of the most most important musical groups. Not just of hip hop of, of all time, who, like I said, without tribe, there's no Farrell, there's no Pharrell, there's no Kanye, there's no a lot of people.
1: They uh uh what they there's did. There's no Timbaland. there's there's no Missy, all of them influenced by a tribe called Quest.
0: Yeah, I mean and and uh uh you know, it was an honor to do it. Queens is in the house, uh uh and and uh Jerobie, Ali uh Fife uh uh, uh and Q tip uh, uh so it was a Great opportunity and something that it was a passion project. Making documentaries, you know, people like yo, I want to make a doc. I'm like, you better tighten up your panties because it ain't (laughs) easy. How hard is
1: it to make a doc? It's hard, man. It's so hard. What's the hardest part?
0: It's everything. It's 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 money. There's no money in it. Okay. Um, with hip hop, it's gathering footage. Um, you know, using clearing it, clearing, it, clearing samples, especially with oh, tribe. Yes, clearing footage for them on yo MTV raps. Right. You know, I they, they you could get sixty seconds for this much money. You got to get the Stevie Wonder song from this song. You got to get the Reed. It, it, it was one thing pictures, uh, the group. You know, being on the same page. It's four guys talking about a story, uh, 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 that that took place I- over thirty years. Well, I want to tell this part. You didn't. Do, it's, it's everything. But it was well worth it. I want to make another uh, another doc. I would love to do something on hip-hop. But Beach Rhymes in Life, uh, The Travels of a Tribe Called Quest will always be uh, the thing as far as whatever uh, documentaries I ever make th- that I'm going to be most proud of. Especially with the passing of, you know, oh, the Fife. beautiful Fife
1: dog. Yeah. How long did it take you? In total. From the time it was an idea in your head. <laughs> three years. Three years. Three years.
0: And I started, stopped, started, stopped. Like, you know, we'd edit. But it took three years. And, uh, uh it, you know, it was a ground and pound situation. But I was not stopping. They Their story had to be told. And, and they mean so much to the fans. And they mean so much to me. And uh, uh I'm just so glad that, that I was able to get it done. I'm very proud of it.
1: They're doing a lot of movies and stuff on mm-hmm. people. With the success of... The mini series on New Edition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Lifetime got a salt and pepper one coming mm-hmm. now. Who would you like to see uh, a movie done on? You know, Dre and them, NWA. Movies, that was great. Super successful. Mm, not so much with the Tupac movie. I thought it could be better. But still, the movies are out there and it's telling our stories or hip hop. You know, the Biggie movie, Notorious. I like well, that movie. Very well done.
0: I would like to see. Oh man, that's a good one. I mean come to the theaters. BDP. Okay. KRS is an interesting character. Absolutely. Homeless.
1: I got the freestyle with him before. On the show. On stage. That's sick. At a, at a, at um ah, what's the SOBs in Manhattan?
0: That's dope.
1: Yeah. Their story's
0: cool. I mean, he was homeless. Yeah. You know and and that, and that Scott worked at the place and you know and 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 he's such a, a an eccentric genius. Yes. And 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 the rhyming and he brought the reggae and the criminal minded and y- you know I think that story would be interesting. I mean I think the story of Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, just the aesthetic of that. Yeah. Just the costumes and the <laughs> Bronx at the time. Right. I mean Run DMC story. Yes. You know Jay. That Jay is St- something I would love th- to there, see. There, there's plenty I of would, them.
1: I would love to see that, even if somebody did a real documentary the way you did. On Run DMC, we just lost Runny Ray, their yeah, roadie for a long yep. time, not too long ago. Jay is gone. And Russell was such a character. Russell's a character. Lior's a character. But Rick what Run Rubin. DMC meant to hip-hop yeah. overall.
0: and their story and how they met. And, I mean, can you imagine, uh, 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 you know, when they're in the park filming that scene? One, two, three. Yeah. In the place to be, and you come. Boom. Yeah. Imagine filming that. I would fucking... I would fucking... <laughs> Pass out like yeah. I'd be like, what the
1: fuck is going on? Because like, you would be an amazing Leo Cohen. Oh my oh, god! I, would I just thought of it. You I would, would be down. amazing. That would be dope. As, as I just got to get the accent,
0: <laughs> I, but I could do. I could yeah, definitely get that. you would
1: kill fucking yeah. Leo Cohen. There's
0: plenty bro. of stories, you know. Uh, uh, there's plenty of stories that would get told, and I hope they continue to get told, and I hope they get t- continue to get told at a high level. Yeah, you know uh, uh, those groups and their stories. And and you know whether it's it's KRS whether it's uh, you know any of come from the fucking bottom and right. I, I think people forget the Outcast. bottom of the bottom yeah
1: you Super know bottom.
0: it came from desperation it came from having nothing it came from creativity uh, uh, and and I and I think that and and it's changed the world
1: yeah you One know of my favorite conversations Mike I'll share with you is I did a commercial for beat streaming with Run Run and I did a commercial together and. I always wanted to ask Ron a question. I said, Ron, uh, let me ask you a question about hip-hop, man. Uh, he said, yeah, go ahead, anything you want to ask me. I said, when KRS-One did my philosophy, and he took shots at y'all. And he was like, you know, kings make rules and teachers stay intelligent, talking silly stuff on the mic is still irrelevant, especially when you're not college material. That was a shot at Run-DMC from DMC saying, I'm DMC in a place to be, St. John's, chicken and collard greens, and I'm the king and all that. That was a shot. I said, why didn't you answer KRS1? He said, there's two answers to that. I said, why? He said, answer number one, he was doing clubs, we were doing stadiums. I was not going to answer him and bring him up to my level. Number one. Number two, DMC told me, that motherfucker's nice, leave him alone. <laughs> So part of it was they knew that he was nice like that on the mic. It really wasn't ready to engage in the battle. But the other part of it was that I'm doing stadiums. If I shine light on him, I'm bringing him up. I'm not doing that. Right I'm
0: going to be honest. I didn't even know that that was a shot. Until that you was just, a shot,
1: bro. Go back. From poetry. To my, yeah, from my philosophy. Wow! Go back and listen to my philosophy again. But that wasn't the only shot. Did you know he took shots at Queens overall? And I used to kidnap.
0: But that hit. I didn't know what you just said that.
1: Yes. It's a shot at Rundy. He took a little shot at LL too.
0: That's you gotta great. You got to listen to that
1: again. He took a little shot at I mean, at
0: KRS, Kane, and Rakim, you know, it's tears in terms of the age, you know, uh, and, and the body of work. And the longevity, but those three are my guys. Okay. Those are my... There's no list that I don't put KRS1, Big Daddy Kane, and Rock Kim on. Absolutely. To me, those guys, the, the, the difference between the three of them and what they were doing and the, the styles and KRS with the flows and the styles and the changing... And, and Rakim, when he, I mean, you fucking know this, but those are my three, like, Rakim those made, are my big
1: three. Rakim made it cool to be smooth when we weren't otherwise smooth. Everybody was mm, from running up, huh,
0: game changer.
1: Huh, he's a game changer. And
0: Kane, now. game changer. Absolutely. KRS,
1: game changer.
0: These are three monsters.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I love those three guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, at the, yeah, yeah. At the Vic Theater tomorrow night.
0: Saturday night, one show, one night in Chicago. Uh, definitely talking shit. You know, uh, uh, and uh, you know, I appreciate uh, you having me. At
1: promote the podcast again.
0: I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast on, on, uh, and uh, you know, I'm easy to find
1: on everything, everywhere, and all 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 over Instagram.
0: All over Instagram.
1: You know him, man. You love him, Mike Rappaport. Thanks, bro. I love him. My brother. My brother. We can sit here for two more hours. That was awesome. Absolutely, appreciate it, y'all. Come on, son, son, This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is being brought to you by Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. No, I'm only playing. <laughs> nah. Nah. <laughs> nah. Y'all keep going first. Everything else will fall into place. We'll talk at y'all next week, man. Y'all know what it is. Come on, son. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Krista Hayes and Kimana Paulus in downtown Chicago. This is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast.